Action Park Media. Kia ora, Tefano, and welcome to this episode of Pretty Depressed. We have the amazing Samuel Levi on. He's from Married at First Sight, and woof, I feel like we we cover a lot in this one. He's such a ball of energy. We talk about boundaries. We talk about clearing space for good energy. Um, we talk about making sure that the people around you are on the same page as you from an energy level. You don't have any leeches or anyone sucking the life out of you. And um, he also walks us through his hair transplant journey, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. I think it's really cool to kind of demystify and understand a little bit better some of these other procedures that are available for people um, or that people can seek out and walks us through it, which I'm, I'm super grateful for. He's an absolute joy and a delight. This is Pretty Depressed with Samuel. I'm talking to the amazing uh, Samuel. Now you probably know him from Married at First Sight or the internet. Um, I kind of wanted to kick off a little bit with, with maths, but mainly as it pertains to, I did Celebrity Treasure Island and yep. someone said, you go on a show like that and you really meet yourself, which didn't make any sense to me until after I had done the show. And I was like, oh, gotcha. You understand, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel similarly from maths? Like, do you feel like, oh, you really got to know yourself put in a situation unlike anything other and more like a social experiment? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think you, yeah, like you go into a show like this, obviously never have never have um, been on a reality show before and you think you know it all and you think that you know you're going to go in and be this certain person and it's what, like a few weeks in, you're like, oh, nah. Mm-hmm. This is a to- this is totally different to what I thought. Um, I'm totally different. Like you can either handle certain situations, you cannot, um, and it's kind of like a make or break. <laughs> I feel like it's a make or break, and then yeah. there's a whole, then we we can touch on this um, the whole subject of when it goes to air. Then that's a whole different story <laughs> of when you well, see I- what gets left in the editing floor and what doesn't. Which is huge anxiety related to it. What what did it like force you to learn? So I would say in my experience, it it well, it forced me to confront that I'm a highly sensitive person and I I really struggled with people's energies that I'm not used to being around. Like by design, I perhaps don't put myself around certain things. And when I'm yeah, faced yeah. with it, I hadn't experienced that in life where you have to be around energies that feel unhealthy to you or uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah what were you kind of forced to learn whether you chose to or not? <laughs> I think one thing I was forced to learn very quickly was, and this was just me was think before I speak. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really odd, but I had to really learn to, I'm a very open book and I kind of just say it how it is. And it's never meant to come across as like a malicious way. It's just who I am as a person. And I think going to something like that, it made me really learn. Okay, Samuel, um, some people are more sensitive than you and some people um, will take things totally different to how you intend it. So you really need to kind of um, adapt the words that come into your mouth um, beforehand um, because there's no turning back once it's out. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of just blurt things out without even thinking, oh, there's repercussions um, with these words and stuff like that, especially with people you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And so is it think- something you're better at post-show? 100%, yes. I that Post-show, post-watching myself back, Ever since like ever since that experience, it's been a few years now. Mm-hmm. I watch everything I say, and I kind of um, and it's not it's not like I was I was never rude and I was never mean, but it was just I just know some people can take things differently, mm-hmm. um, and 
I know it sounds stupid, I think we should all know that, but when you're in an experiment like that, you just don't, it's not the first thing that comes to the forefront of your mind. So no, I definitely, everything I say, I kind of think about it before I speak, or I kind of put myself in that person's shoes. I'm like, okay, how would they take what I'm trying to tell them? Mm. Um, and I think with the, I'm just, just maths in general, I think a lot of the things I should have done was dumb down um, what I was trying to say or what I was meaning. I don't know if that makes sense, but a lot of people I felt in my experiment alone, just my um, season. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say that without sounding brute. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah, it's it's a good. I mean, that's a great takeaway as well. Do you um do you feel proud of the experience? Like, are you grateful for it? Because I initially, when I got off Treasure Island, I was like, "Oof, I am not glad." Like, I didn't. This opened up a lot of wounds for me. So yeah. now, in hindsight, I'm like, "Okay, now that I've worked through the growth, I'm happy for it." But that was a yeah. real journey as well. Yeah. No, the first. I think the first six months after the show, I'm not gonna lie, I hated it, and I've kind of it made me think, "Why the hell did I do the show?" I didn't get anything out of it. All I got was trolls. All I got was nasty things. I didn't even make really good friendships out of it. And all these things kind of just spiraled. But then after the six months, after I guess learning who I was as a person and then making those opportunities for myself happen after the show, um, yeah, I kind of look back now and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually so proud I did the show. I'm so glad I did that. And it's, I wish I had that mindset coming off the back of the show, but it's really hard because I went through a stage of having bad anxiety afterwards. I went to a dark hole. Um, for a good, I would say, yeah, six to eight months afterwards. Hence why I left the country and moved somewhere else. Like, it's yeah, it was not a good time then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I look back now, I've been like, oh, I wish I was in the mindset now than I was back then because things would have been totally different. You, but you probably needed that experience to accelerate some growth a little bit. Um, oh, speaking, 100%. Speaking to that season kind of post-show that you, you touched on, was there anything that you found really helpful in that season that someone did or, or perhaps something someone didn't do that was actually productive that we could all learn from? Because it's quite hard sometimes when you're a, a friend or a family member and someone's going through stuff, sometimes they can actually add more gasoline to the fire and make you feel more shit um, something, yeah. you know, just by uh, offering solutions rather than a, a lending ear. But what was productive? Like what was helpful behavior that you had? I think probably the main helpful behavior and something I've carried on to today was health and like health and exercise, mm. exercise and fitness. And I think that's a major thing that's kind of made me into the person I am today, made me with, um, have the positive mindset I have today. But I think definitely coming off the back of the show, having really bad anxiety, almost like borderline, I felt coming into the depression stage and just felt like everyone around me hated me and everyone around me had this kind of uh, um, opinion of you. I think my outlet was literally exercise. Um, so that was probably, that's probably my saving, I think that's my saving grace and it's something I do now and I've even taken it into um, my career, I guess, because um, outside of everything I do now, I'm now an F45 trainer yeah. because I want to help those people and help people um, with their endorphins and help people make, make them feel good and all that kind of stuff. So I think, yeah, if anyone is feeling down, if anyone is feeling um, whether they're not self-worth or anything like that, I think exercise is the main, I think anyone, female, male, anyway, just exercise is an outlet people should go to and just find whatever um, exercise it is. It could be walking, it could be swimming, it could be tennis, it could be anything as long as you're doing something to kind of distract the outside world. 
Hundred percent. Do you um because you do have a very positive outlook of mindset. You're one of my favorite people to follow on the internet, oh, and you're super okay. fun as well. Um, oh. Is that is that a learned behavior, or does that kind of come naturally to you? Uh, it was. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, but I never was into really exercise okay. um, before that. So I think afterwards, I think um, I got it. Like for example, for me, I kind of just got a personal trainer because I didn't really know what I was doing, mm-hmm. and kind of working with that person kind of helped me open up those doors and then really understand. Um, why exercise is good for you or why it's good for the mindset. And I think now kind of learning off those people, I kind of now want to make other people um, learn from that as well. It's just my own really weird way I do it. But yeah, no, I think it's something, yeah, I've definitely learned after an experience mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about overwhelm and I'm totally putting this on you. You may not get overwhelmed, but it does feel like you are juggling a lot of things. Like you've got your amazing businesses going on. I feel like you're doing a lot of social content as well as all your fitness things. Um, you are someone that people kind of come to when there is something in society to get your commentary on it as well, which I imagine is overwhelming. So First of all, do you get overwhelmed? And if you do, like, what do you find is helpful? And what does yeah, it look oh, like? I get, what does yeah, it look I get like so overwhelmed. Okay. I get so overwhelmed. And it's like funny that you say this because my partner now, it's like we're I'll openly talk about this because obviously I have, yeah, I have so much going on. And my outlet when I get overwhelmed is I take it out on my partner. Okay. And it's not, it's not healthy. It's, but it's that's, really very, that's very self-aware to know, like as in like nit, nitpicky and things like that. Yeah, and it's something that he always brings to my attention because I get, like, I've got so much stuff going on daily with it's yeah, everything you've said. And then I always feel like when I'm overwhelmed or when I'm stressed, I always take out on the closest person to me, and that's my partner. So he's really kind of uh, made me self-aware of that and made me help um, navigate through that because, like, I openly talk about it because me and him openly talk about it. It's like it's not healthy for the relationship. No. Um, so I need to go find other aspects um, to kind of let my stress out. Um, even if it's like going for a walk around the block or just going to the coffee shop and getting the coffee for like literally 10 minutes and feeling like I'm going to rip his head off, even though it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think those certain things, um, I'm, I'm still learning myself um, because yeah. I think I'm very self-aware of, I take it out on the pe- closest people to me. Um, in this instance, it's him because we live together. Um, so I think I don't think that's a unique thing. I think we all tend to do that. Like I can be yeah. such a brat to my mother and all she ever is trying to do is help me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> literally. And it's like, you don't realize until after you, after it all happens. And then he's like, you literally just, you literally just took all this out of me. And then you think it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not, but I can't take it back now. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but you happen to be there. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really healthy though, that you guys have that kind of relationship. Is this your first relationship where you get, where you communicate at that kind of healthy level where you do offer oh, feedback? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is my, yes. Well, he, he's my first relationship since maths as well. Okay. Yeah. And then oh, he's only my second, my second partner as a male. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So definitely, definitely a lot of learning in that sense, but. Yeah, I think it's healthy, the communication, which is good. That's true. That I but think yes, I do get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's that communication is is so good. I I struggle with that a little bit. I feel like I struggle taking on board feedback when I'm in a heightened state. Oh, I'm the same. I'm like the same. That's yeah. not the time to personally. Some notes. Yeah. I'm yeah. not in the mindset of like self development and ready for some notes because it feels yeah. very attacky. Yeah. Um, 
So I have to learn to do what you do, which is that remove myself, which I'm not very good at. I'm, I want to get things solved right here and right now. So, um, and I can't separate. I deal with something with the emotion first. So I'm like heightened and all of this, not thinking. Just a firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to do exactly what you do, remove myself, calm down, and then come to the table calm. Yeah. But for some reason, when anytime I'm in a conflict or argument uh, or even dialogue, it's really hard for me to take a breath. And yeah. what am I really feeling? Because I'm far more likely to get upset, more than angry, not necessarily firecracker, more upset and taking things very personal. And then I yeah. will just catastrophize. It makes the situation just worse. Hundred percent, and then yeah. all, you know we're breaking up, or we'll never be free. Yeah. Like I've taken, I'm already like ten steps ahead of where. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm the same. I'm already thinking like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly this what you mean. Sign, <laughs> obviously, this is not working. This is not yeah. yet. If we're yeah, so okay, good. Well, but yes, we all. Get, I do get overwhelmed very easily, um, and I'm still learning how to navigate that. And I think I'm all for the next little while. And I, it will continue to learn it. How do yeah. you? How do you? And do you speak in the terms of like energy? That's something that I think I'm learning a little bit about trying to protect myself about the because uh, you're an empath as well. Like you take on board everything. Yeah, How do yeah. you? Or what barriers do you or boundaries do you have in place to not take on everyone's energy if it doesn't serve you? Because you are in yeah. the public eye and I know a lot of people are like, here is my energy, good or bad. Yeah. What do you do to protect yourself? I think my main thing around that is, and I don't know if this comes across as a, quite rude on that, but I think I've learned to, I just don't associate myself with people who are not on the same energy length as me or wavelength as me or don't want the same things in life with me. It took me a while to kind of get to that point. Yeah. Um, but I just over the past few years, I have surrounded myself with a lot of people who I felt were quite draining. Um, and I've really learned, um, and it can be quite cutthroat. I know it comes across as quite cutthroat, but I've really learned to kind of just cut those people um, and try not even associate myself with those people in everyday life. Um, unless, it's, unless it's really business um, and you don't really have a choice. Um, but I think that's probably one of the main things I've learned, um, especially after, co- especially during COVID and after COVID, to really kind of um, know who to hang around with, who's going to pick you up, who's going to make you feel like you're working at your best, and and you're both giving each other the same kind of, um, I guess, the word energy and kind of the same words of courage or everything. They're just you're just in the same wavelength. Um, so I think that's something I've really learned, and it is cutthroat. Um, but is, it's is that because did you have like friendship breakup conversations or did you just move on from people? Because I'm going through that yeah. at the moment where we're doing something where <laughs> me can be individual, but I do yeah. everything as like a family project. Like we're kind of like cleaning house in my life because I was getting quite unwell by pouring into people who weren't pouring yeah. back. And I was in a yeah. constant state of feeling let down, which I understand can sound victimy and that's not how I yeah. mean it, but I, I was feeling like I was giving 100% to people who were giving me 10% back. And because I'd allowed that for so long, that yes. was precedent. So Yeah, no, that was like me. I allowed that for so long and I allowed people. And I don't know why, because it's like I give so much good advice out to people and half the time I don't take on my own advice. Sure, and I yes. sit there and do it. And I'm like, why don't I listen to my own advice? Or why don't I do this sooner? But no, I just let people kind of walk all over me and I felt like I was too nice. Mm-hmm. Um 
not, and so now I've just kind of really learned to be like, okay, treat people how you want to be treated. I like, I want everything needs to be reciprocated. And if I'm not feeling that from someone, I kind of might give them a little bit of a chance and then kind of just, I kind of just cut. And it kind of, it really helps, especially for the mental health, it actually really helps significantly. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to um, elaborate on that more, but I've just kind of learned to really just cut down even my, my friendship circle and just, you see people who, I do, and I'm bad. Like I see people with following, and I follow people, and I'm like, oh my god, they must have so many friends and such a big circle, and blah blah blah. blah. And it's like, actually, no, I've only got five good friends I can rely on, and I've made that happen. Um, so I think, yeah, just be careful of who who you hang around with and who you pour your energy into, basically. Do you feel like you're a better judge of character now than previously, or, or yeah. are you a good judge of character? Yeah, I think yeah, I like to think I am, uh, but I still think there's instances where. Oh, I can still be a pushover sometimes or I'm too nice or like, yeah, but I think 80, 80% of the time I'm a good judge of character. Yeah. Good. I'm happy for that. <laughs> are, <laughs> are you? you, are you uh, I, I really fall in love with people's potential and I see the good in everybody and I really like that quality about me. I think what I have a tendency to do is kind of ignore red flags and I at some level have to take accountability that I did see them and ignored them. Um, yeah. And I think I'm struggling because I believe I carry red flags. I have my own stuff as well that I I sometimes don't like to be like, oh, that was weird. They lied about that, but maybe they've got something else going. Like I will tend to justify to the death of every, yeah. people's behavior. Um so I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know if I'm a good guy. I think for the most part, people are good. I really genuinely believe that people mean well and aren't yep. misintentioned. Um, but the flip side of choosing to live a life like that means sometimes you miss things or yeah. you end up yeah, getting hurt or used or betrayed or yeah. I think my thing at the moment is gossip. I, I'm struggling a little bit of like when you hear, and this happens to everyone, not just yeah. us because we have a you know a following. But um, it sounds so lame. But uh, <laughs> I know uh, you mean that. <laughs> but you know when you when you're on the telly or you're doing things like you are kind of like putting yourself out there to be part of conversations, and that's yeah. great and awesome. Um, I think I'm struggling a little bit is that sometimes people would rather have me as a conversation set piece in an unfavorable way no yeah. matter what I do or who I am and as yeah. a people pleaser I'm just trying to work through a bit of that therapy of of not caring and like as long as I know my truth but yeah I'm would be lying to you if I wasn't saying it still hurts me to hear you'll be on the public eye for a long time now so I like should be years. better at it <laughs> like years and it's so interesting to hear even just someone like you who have been in the public eye for a long time um it's still, it can still affect you. This, it this really time. does. Yeah. It's like I get it at a lot of people being like, oh, so-and-so, you know, said that you did this or you dated this person or that you were kind of rude to that person. And then it panics me because I'm like, oh, yeah. that not, like, what? Like, should I call yeah. them? Like, I don't. Yeah, that's not who oh, I am. Or well, I didn't do this or it's I been taken the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really it's taking me a lot of work to try and let go and be like, there are people out there who want to think ill of you and that's their MO and no matter what I do, we'll change their opinion. But yeah. No, I right. Yeah. I know you mean. You could do the most you... amazing thing and people will still hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people will still say nasty things about you. You can't win. You can't win everything. Yeah. So I think I'm learning to just kind of let that go. Cause I do, 
but it, it's really hard for me. Has that been a hard thing for you or have you kind of just, you're at a good place with it now? No. Nah, I'm mainly speaking like any tips, like. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I think it's, I think it's hard. For, I think it's going to be hard for everyone. Oh yeah. It's still hard for me sometimes. Like even just reading, and this is off the top of it, even just like reading comments and like that, like, you know, when you see articles about yourself, you just see a, a, whether it be a Facebook post from someone that you're working with that does something and you read the comments and there's always like, you get 10 good ones and there's like two bad ones. And it's like, I, my mind just stays in those two bad ones. And I just need to forget about all the positive things that have been said. But yeah, no, nah, I don't have any tips on that because I'm probably just as bad. <laughs> I'm just as bad and I don't even know how to, yeah, it's just, I think it's just human behavior. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just what do you do for self? Like what does self-care look like for you? Are you a bath guy? Are you a, I mean, I know you've got all these amazing face mask sticks. I was literally going to say, well. like, this, isn't even, this isn't even me plugging them. This is literally yeah. what I do. I literally, I either meditate, um, I, I do meditation. Um, and that was, I don't know if you've met her, Camilla. She, um, she's, she's, yeah. You know what? We've crossed paths a few times, but not met in any great capacity, but I'd love to because people speak oh, so highly of her. She's, a, she's in LA. I have to connect yeah. you guys. Okay, yeah, she's a good friend. So she really got me into um, the meditation side of things. And I think ever since that, I've just kind of always brought that into my, um, my kind of self-care routine. And then obviously, not even plug-in, I do use my own beauty products kind of, um, my own face mask and just kind of sit there and zone out and just either watch a bit of TV or do something. I don't have a bath. I wish I did. Um, Or it goes back to exercise. And that sounds stupid, but exercise is actually a lot of um, my self-care kind of stuff, going for a run or going for a walk or doing something just new to kind of switch off and make me think of what I'm doing in that present time Mm. um, and not worry about um, everything else. But I'm bad because I literally, you probably do the same. Do you look at your phone a lot? Always. Yeah, I'm so bad like that, and I need to learn not to. And no matter how many times people tell me not to do it, don't do this, don't check your phone half an hour before bed, mm. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my phone till I'm like... <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing I'm learning on. That's my, that's my goal for 2022 is to literally spend less screen time on my phone, but it's hard when it's your job, and then you, that's like literally yeah. everything. And it's your comfort too sometimes. Like I do think for me, whether it's like texting people or like thinking of people and then going and seeing what they're up to. Like I do get a lot of joy out of it. I do, I do struggle sometimes, especially because I'm living alone at the moment. Like it can be lonely. Like that is a great sense of community. Like there is such good that comes with screens and, but you're right. It can become, I I am borderline addicted. Like, you know, I've been trying to do these assignments and next thing I'm like, Oh my God, my phone's in my hand. Like how long have I been on my phone? Like I didn't even just scrolling. doom scrolling just like yeah. hours gone by um are you an introvert or an extrovert extrovert so you re- recharge from people yeah i think i my i get my energy off people yeah mm. so what was pandemic like then for you Difficult. oh that was like it was difficult yeah. yeah i was fortunate enough that um during the pandemic when i was i was living with my flatmate at the time me and her both had the same energy and we both kind of um vibed off each other but if it wasn't for that uh, I would have yeah, I don't really know what, what, what how would it would have gone I probably would have gone back to New Zealand I yeah. probably would have picked up my stuff and gone back home um, but yeah I was going nuts literally like that's I, I was going literally nuts because yeah I don't even know why I literally felt like that's where my mental my mental health took a decline in the first half of it and then I kind of pulled myself out and was like I get your shit together Sam yeah there's so much more positive stuff to come there's all this and kind of just gone to that mindset and just carried on from there but the first half i was like a bit like down which i think a lot of us were 
A hundred percent. Navigating you. Are you pretty good with change for the most part? Like, do you, are you okay with change? I think I'm okay with change, but with, uh, like, like for example, COVID, if I knew there was going to be the exact end date, that would have helped. <laughs> but I think it was just literally, I, I know Melbourne here, we were so strict, like um, being one of the most locked down cities in the world. Yeah. Um, we never had an end, end date. So I think that was kind of stressful all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. And that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Out of it now, mate. But now, it just, now it just feels like a lifetime ago. And I'm like, how the hell did I live through 18 months of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I created a business out of it, so that's good. Yeah, you did. You did. You were very. You had a successful COVID. You did a yeah. and you got a new love of your life. It's very good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk a, a little bit about this um, here. Ex- I was going to say oh, experiment, yeah. but it's not an experiment, is it? No, it's not. It's a yeah, my hair trans my hair transplant. That's what my it's called. That that's went through, the, yeah, hair transplant, yeah. hair transformation, depending where you are in the world. But yeah, that is. That was a big thing that for me, as you can, I know other people it's who are great. listening to this can't see, but can, can see I on can. video right now what my hair looks like. But yeah, it was a big. It's a long process, process to decide to do this. I spoke to um, Justine who went through uh, similar, maybe similar and maybe not. So, but she went through a weight loss surgery and she didn't talk to anybody about it outside her immediate family because she didn't want influence on making a, a a cosmetic decision like this and then spoke out about it and got a bit of pushback and but for the most part good feedback people were just really curious about it and it's inspired and um had this really good ripple effect what has the experience been like for you and and sharing this yeah i think well i was never going to share it oh really you know i was never going to share it um so i've been thinking about for the past six months of doing it obviously it's not a it's not a cheap procedure so i had to really think about that and really um, putting so much money into something like this and hoping that I get the results that I want. Um, and then B, I didn't even tell people that I was getting family. I told my partner, um, so I'll, sorry, I'll backstep here a little bit. So I did tell my partner and I think as long as I knew he was supportive, um, because obviously I had to like shave my hair off and go through all this kind of uh, uncertain stages, especially with me feeling like uh, I felt yuck and I felt ugly and I felt kind of at my lowest and worst. Um, so I think as long as I knew he was by my side through the whole thing, I didn't really care what anyone else thought. So I told him first, and then I kind of told my family, and everyone was just so supportive, and they're like, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and then it was literally about four weeks before I was going to get it is when I decided to actually start talking about it. Okay. Um, because I never really wanted to talk about it. And then I was talking to the surgeons and talking to the um, hair specialists, and they were just they were giving me all this information, and they're like, there's so many people out there who are um, – in a similar situation with you, whether they're losing their hair or whether their hairline's going back or whether they're feeling so self-conscious with um, their looks and that. Um, they, and they were literally, I wish more people talked about it more because so many men would uh, kind of benefit from this. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, actually, I've got a platform. Um, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation for myself to talk about first, but I might as well utilise it for good and just randomly just start talking about it. And then it's been, it's, I've had nothing but amazing feedback and amazing response and, yeah, it's actually been an incredible thing. I've, I've even learned um, to possibly be more vulnerable to mm-hmm. my audience online um, because it's yeah. actually been reciprocated so well. Was it an insecurity that was something that you just hadn't spoken about before or like what? Yeah, so it's been... To it's anybody been or is about, it kind of your own, yeah. just your own journey? Yeah, so my own journey. It's been something um, well before even I went on um, the TV show. Um, and even just going on the TV show 
um, we all have insecurities in ourselves, whether other people see it or not, or other people are like, what? That's, we can't notice it. I always thought I had either a big, fore- big forehead or my hairline was um, further back than what I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going on TV, uh, you notice those things even more, and then it's not even just you noticing that you're like, oh, crap, everyone else watching this is probably going to notice this too. And then you do look at the comments, and you look at comments that are made, and then it would often come up, be like, oh, he's got a massive forehead, or... Um, is he losing hair or has he got thinning hair? Um, and I kind of never really done anything about it. And then it was during COVID, um, I actually noticed. Um, I don't know if it was from stress or I probably was. I, I think I think it was. Um, I started losing my hair more. Um, and I didn't really know that was something that was even possible. Mm. Um, but it, it happened. And then I guess it kind of, I made a decision to kind of just do my research and be like, okay, this is something I'm going to do. Going to get a hair transplant. Um, it's not going to be an easy journey, but kind of let's just do it and I just kind of just went all oh, what's the word went kind of like all I was going to say balls deep but that's probably not the right word to say <laughs> balls deep <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah balls deep his head everyone who's yeah oh my head <laughs> I kind of just went and threw myself in the deep end there you go yeah, threw myself yeah. in the deep end and just did it and here we are today and I'm literally I'm stoked with literally oh, that's great I, I, I'm, I'm curious and perhaps this is this is really ignorant of me as a female um i mean i i have hair insecurities i have hair extensions in most of my life because my hair is so thin and just from being in telly and it having so much heat product like my personal hair is so thin that i feel yuck when i don't have my hair and i do feel bald and that makes me insecure but i've never really thought like yeah this is something that a lot of men uh or not not even just men but specifically in your case, your men go through um, of, you know, balding at some level prematurely or prematurely to what they think. And it is, um, yeah, I guess I haven't had the empathy to like really understand that that must be a really traumatic thing for people. Yeah. I didn't even realize how many men I had, I think I was ignorant to it as well. And I thought it was just me and it was was me being self and it's just something I want to do for myself. But there's so many men like, I just, I never, I never realized how many men are going through the same insecurities and even just like, it's really interesting. Even like, let's just say like, and it sounds stupid, but it's not even like, people from the LGBTI community who worry about their looks and that. Like there's been so many um, very heterosexual men who have reached out, um, footy players, who I would have never thought would have insecurities with certain aspects of themselves and they've all reached out and they're like, oh my God, this is something that I've wanted to do. Like I've never really had someone to kind of um, take me through the steps or the process or openly watch someone's journey. Well, that's uh, your point of being a guinea pig, aren't you? And in some ways for not our pleasure, but our education of going like, okay, like this is what it looks like and demystifying it a little bit and like yeah because i had no one i could look like even to this day i had no one i knew who has who has gone through this apart from you might look at the odd youtube tutorial or youtube video but i never had actually a public figure type post as much as i guess i have um with details of from start to finish of how it's all gone through and people have just found it so interesting and i think that's opened up the conversation for people to feel comfortable doing it yeah and not I'm still doing it today as well. The shy thing as well, like the fact that you're doing it and owning it, I think that is so great because it gives people permission to be like, hey, like this is something I want to do and I want to go through it as well. So Yeah. Well, it, was either, it kind of came down to do I talk about it or do I just drop off the face of the earth, for example, on social media for a little while because this, that was going to be the option. And I was yeah. like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Is it is it a common procedure? Because I, I feel like, you know, maybe way back like um like a toupee or some kind yeah. of thing would perhaps be a more common approach. 
Um, is this gaining momentum, this procedure? Yeah, I think the, the procedure under it's common. It's actually more common overseas rather than New Zealand and Australia okay. um, as such. But, yeah, I think it's becoming more common. And with the technology these days, it's becoming cheaper and cheaper. And there's so many different options out there for people. So I think, I think this time next year, I think it's going to be talked about even more. Um, which I think is great. And I'm like, I wish it was talked about sooner, but <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sorry, you've got to take one for the team here. Right? I know, because I'm still young. Well, I like to think I'm young. Well, I'm 29. Yeah. And it's like sometimes you think like, oh, at 29, I don't really want to openly talk about, oh, my God, I'm losing my hair. I think it's not. It's, it's kind but of a. I do think it's, it's also great that you are 29 and having that conversation because I do know I'm sure there's 32 year olds, 34 year olds who are kind of like, oh, okay, cool, we can have this dialogue. And and like I'm sure there's some people in their early 20s as well who are like, fuck, this is shit. Yeah. Um, but to to know there's an option out there so they don't have to go through their 20s or 30s feeling insecure that there's another yeah, yeah. option as well yeah i wish i did it sooner i think it's the only thing if anyone listening to this podcast today if you're if you're thinking about doing it do it like just do it now get over and done with do it now and just um work on whatever is going to come out of it mm-hmm. later on I wonder about freezing my eggs. I wish that there was someone in my community who would openly talk about that. I don't, I mean, I don't even know if I want to go down that children path or yeah, whatever, yeah. but it's that same thing. If I was going to consider it, I should have done it a decade ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no are, we, are we similar ages? Yeah. Yeah. Think, so yeah, I'm a couple of years older than you, but I, you know, that's something that I am now like, is this something that I need to do? But there's not enough dialogue around it it's a little bit more common in la and people kind of pay 50 dollars a month for storage for their eggs but it is quite a traumatic process but um i feel like even just that i feel like it's like a taboo subject or people are like openly talking about it and i think it should be normalized definitely um yeah so if anyone listening also knows about that would be (laughs) that'd be great get in touch (laughs) please reach out um because i don't i do know it's one of those things though it's like an it's an expense but it's not an expense if you're now going to walk through the next like 15, 20 years of your life with so much more confidence and, yeah. you know, like you can't put a price on that. And no, exactly. And it's, it's even like, I know this is, this is another ignorant thing of me. It's like, I never understood why, and I never ju- I never once judged, but I knew so many people get boob jobs. So many people get all these cosmetic things. And then I'm like, wait, why don't people talk about like hair transplants and what they do about boob jobs? And I think it's all should just be on one par level. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's more of it feels more of a stigma around certain certain different Yeah. Uh, it's like oh having a hair transplant's a bit more um I don't know, a bit more not normal than having a boob job. And it's like it's all the same. It's totally the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, we're we're moving the needle forward here. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I always like to end by asking um what your brain looks like. If it was a scene, what what does it look like up there? Oh shit. What would my brain look like? I like the responses. Oh shit! (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I don't know. My brain would probably look like bloody. I'm just trying to think of like what's a what's a good scene of like. I'm trying to make it really creative here, but it's like I'm trying to think of like the movie Burlesque right now. I don't know. I watched it the other day, but it's just like people on the like people on stage just performing nonstop moving. That's my brain just nonstop, literally all going different directions, moving like um, so much going on. I think my brain never switches off. So I'm like, I'm just trying to think if you ever watch the movie Burlesque and like them's um, performing that express song at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the big my brain final just number. Moving around. <laughs> That's my hey. brain just bloody just a shambles, just moving around, dancing around, going in different directions and just 
Yeah, but it's no, beautiful and entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's me. I just never switch off. I think okay. I never will. I think I'm just the type of person. I'll never switch off. Good. Please don't. I love that. Um, and if people want to try one of your amazing um, masks. Oh, yes. Yeah, how do they, like that. Um, yeah, definitely. I know I've used them. Um, I've tried the pink one and the green one. Yes, um, avocado. Big fan. And... Yeah, just, I mean, what a genius thing, putting it in a stick. So essentially it's like, yeah. like a stick, almost like a stick deodorant kind of mechanism for anyone. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's basically a fruit extract clay mask on a roll-on stick. So think of you got roll-on deodorant, um, I've created a brand with it being in a stick because it kind of eliminates the no mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate getting my hands all dirty and everything like that. You kind of just pack it in your bag, roll it on, you get the same benefits and everything like every other mask. Um, and yeah, there's avocado, Pink mineral clay, charcoal, orange, vitamin C, and eggplants. And we've got another one launching soon as well. Ooh, um, watch this space. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you one when it's launched. Yeah. Um, but we are available online, uh, lushsticks.com. Um, and depending where you are in Australia, New Zealand, or wherever we are, do we have stockists mm-hmm. around? But online is the safest place. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, definitely back then, um, such a clever idea because it's like, yeah, you want to go on holiday and like, yeah, you're like, and maybe I'll fit in some self-care. And it's yeah. like, but what? I need something travel size that they're not going to I know. So it's just, it's all about making your life easier. <laughs> well, you definitely do that. Um, thank you oh. so much for chatting. It was a real delight to talk to you. And um, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, so, so inspired by everything that you do and just love you so much. And yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pretty Depressed. A massive shout out to our executive producer, Kevin Connolly, and the amazing production team at Action Park Media. Now, I love validation, so please subscribe to this podcast. Give me five stars. Write some nice comments is what I live for. I need it to get through my day. Uh, you can also check us out at Pretty Depressed underscore on Instagram or send any feedback to Pretty Depressed Podcast at gmail.com. Cheers.